0: you will turn in your bibles to mark chapter 10 mark chapter 10 yeah we're going to talk about this rich young ruler i know you all have been in church a while you've heard a lot about him and we're going to fit him into our missions this morning so mark chapter 10 it starts with verse 17 goes to um verse 31 this passage we're going to break it up to start with and uh if you were needing to fill in some blanks, the very first one is, who is good? Who is good? Bible says, And when he was gone forth into the way, there came one running and kneeled to him and asked him, Good master, what shall I do that I might inherit eternal life? And Jesus said unto him, Why callest thou me good? There is none good but one, that is God. Thou knowest the commandments, do not commit adultery, do not kill, do not steal, do not bear false witness, defraud not, honor thy father and mother. And he answered and said unto him, Master, all these I have observed since my youth. Interesting, this young man, he just, he really wants to know about eternal life. And he runs up to Jesus, and he falls before Jesus, and he says, good master. Jesus looks at him a little and says, well, how, why are you calling me good? Because only God is good. A little bit of cultural background on this. That is actually true. Was this young man saying that, that, that Jesus, does, was he had it, did he have it revealed to him that Jesus was God? No, he didn't. He, he, this guy, is a, he's kind of like buttering Jesus up. Jesus comes back, well, well, who's good? Only God's good. Jesus didn't say he wasn't God, but he's going, well, how, how did you come up with this? And this young guy, he's a, a bit superficial. Um, I think he's trying to, to flatter the rabbi. That was done for most people in those ages. And, and you know, that, that happens today. People, when they want something from you, they come and they flatter you. Laurel, can I tell on you today? Because I know she's going to teach my, my granddaughter back there, Dave's great-granddaughter. When Laurel wanted something, wanted me to do something, she would always start with, I love you, Daddy and she knew that was the key to my heart that whatever I just pulled my wallet out and here you go and i can tell that my little granddaughter kennedy she's just going to have to smile and it's all over it's hers but when approaching god this isn't maybe this isn't the right way to kind of do things he was really he wanted something He wanted to be sure, and and, and when Jesus comes back to him, and and he says, well, only God is good, he's starting to try to to affirm something in this young man's life. He wanted this young man to to look past his superficial thing and and, and understand that he was a condemned sinner before God. See, he had this this view of the law of God that was just kind of shallow, He measured his obedience by external actions, not by inward attitudes. Look at some of the things that that, that Jesus asked of this young man. He asked him, Do not commit adultery. He said, Do not steal, do not kill, do not bear false witness defraud not, honor thy father and mother. And this man, yeah, I've done all of that. This guy thought he was really a good person. How many of you, if I came to you, would say, yeah, I'm a good person. I'm going to prove to you right now that you're not. And this young man, he he was blinded by that. Because let me ask each one of you, you don't have to raise your hands because I know the answer already. How many of you have ever told a lie? Even if it's a little one. I even know that my little granddaughter Kennedy has already learned how to do that. She knows how to manipulate already. And when she just wants something, she can act like she is in distress. And guess what? She gets it. Is she telling the truth? No, she wasn't in distress. It's all okay. We lie all the time. And what does that make you? A liar. Not me, I'm not a liar. I just told a little fib. There's a story about a preacher who was given some, uh, a pie. And uh, the lady who gave him the pie, um, he went home, he ate it, and it was horrible. And uh, so the the lady came back, how'd you like the pie? He said, I've never had anything like that before in my life. Did he lie? No, but he sure didn't, he sure gave a different impression. See, we've all lied. And it says, uh, have you committed adultery? Well, no, maybe not, physically. But didn't Jesus explain that if a man look upon a woman with lust, he's committed adultery already in his heart? So yeah, you're guilty of that? That means you're an adulterer. Thou shalt not kill. I've never killed anybody. You know, when you talk to somebody, that's the first, thing. well, I've never killed anybody. Well, I hope not. If you have, then I'm not sure I want to be in this conversation. But once again, Jesus takes it to a better, a bigger level. If you've harbored hate in your heart, and, and then, then you have murdered them already in your heart. I was ready to do that this week a few times to repent thou shalt not steal Uh uh-huh how many out you out there have never taken something that's not yours all you got to do is go in the nursery sometime when there's a few kids in there maybe children's church it's usually with the little ones there's always one kid that wants to be the dominant kid and every toy is his it's mine mine he'll take it from someone else yeah, if you have two siblings, I watched my, my two grandsons. We were up there yesterday. And uh, um, they're always what one has, the other one wants, And so they'll take eat from each other. So yeah, we've all stolen. That makes you a thief. So if we go through those Ten Commandments, oh, honor mother and father, do you always obey your parents? No. No, my kids didn't. I didn't. You didn't either. So here, what do we? What is it? Where does that leave us? Well, that leaves us as lying, thieving, adulterating, murderers who dishonor their parents, and that's only part of the Ten Commandments. See, Jesus is bringing this young man back to the place to see and understand that we are messed up. We are broken. <coughs> Excuse me. Unfortunately, I don't think this young man saw that. You see, because he had this burden. He had a burden of riches. He was a rich young man. Verse 21 says this, And Jesus beholding him loved him, and said unto him, One thing thou lackest, go thy way, sell whatsoever thou hast, and give to the poor, and thou shalt have treasure in heaven, and come and take up thy cross and follow me. And he, the young man, was sad at that saying, and went away grieved, for he had great possessions. And Jesus looked round about and saith unto his disciples, How hardly shall they that have riches enter into the kingdom of God? Shed this thing, it's warm up here. Those lights add a bit of a temperature. (laughs) That's more comfortable, anyway. There's a burden of riches. Now, in, in Judaism, it stressed charity heavily. But, but Jewish teachers, they didn't normally uh, require a disciple to, to, take, to give out everything. Uh, in fact, in, in Jewish culture, the more you had, the more spiritual you were thought to be. And if you were a poor, you didn't, weren't blessed, then you had spiritual issues. Now, now you all know that that's not true in God's economy and the way God does things. Everything's upside down. But if you really want an example of that, think about Job. Job was incredibly wealthy. He lost everything. And what did all his friends say? What would you do? You messed up. You're not right with God. Job was all right with God the whole time. God was just doing a test and showing some things, and then God blessed him again. So, and today we even have people that if you are, have great faith and, and you will be healthy and wealthy, and that's not true. In fact, I think that's a, just a, a sham because I don't think any of the apostles were healthy and wealthy. This young man, because of his wealth, he was saddened and he went away. Not achieving that eternal life that he wanted, but not only was it his wealth, it was his position. He he was uh, he he was a ruler. He had position, and Jesus said, "Give up that position, grab a cross, and follow me." Jesus was trying to get to his heart to show him. What was wrong? See, he trusted in his riches. He trusted in his power. He wanted God to bless him. He wanted eternal life based on those things, not on the condition of his heart. When it comes to charity, God really blesses. He doesn't require us to give everything. And it's not the amount, it's the heart. Remember when Jesus is watching and there's a rich guy throwing in a bunch of money? And there's that little widow that has a might, and she throws that in. And he, he tells that, that that widow has given more than that other one. You see, it's not what you give, it's why you give. We're in missions month. We're, in fact, a little bit later today, I'm going to give you a faith promise card It's how we, uh, well, I thought I had one with me, but I don't. It's a little card, and it's going to ask you to pray about what God would have you to do in missions for the next year. Missions giving outside of your regular giving, that the regular giving takes care of the things that we do here, the outreaches that we do here, uh, pays electricity, keeps everything going, um, takes care of staff. And above that we wanna that that's usually referred to as your tithe or a tenth and, and there's we're not I'm not gonna go into a long thing about giving this morning. Um, I will say this if you're getting all that government money, all those things, why don't you tithe on that? That's free found money, man. You can give up ten percent of that. Enough said. I'm gonna give more, a little bit more than that. But think about this. Um What will you give? And we base our budget for missions. There's some missionaries I'd like to take on. There are some mission projects we'd like to be part of. All that's based off the budget. And we base our budget off of those cards, what people commit to give for the year. Okay, so it's important for you to do that so we can be wise stewards and budget right, okay? But that's going to be for missions. And, And let me tell you something, when you give to missions, when you give to the cause of God out of a heart that, that it's, that's burdened for the cause of Christ, you're going to be blessed. Are you going to get more money? I don't know. I know that some people teach, if you give a lot of money, you'll get a lot of money. I, I don't know about that. In fact, I know that's not true. I know that's a lie. Because if you're trying to give money to get more money, and You're not giving out of a pure heart. You're giving out of a greedy heart. You're gambling. You're gambling. <laughs> no, no, it's a sure thing. You're not going to get blessed. Let me tell you. Oh, you see that that that, that it's just this poor man. He wants he wants eternal life, but he walked away sorrowful. He he was purely in a worldly uh, disappointment. It was based on the fact that that he couldn't receive eternal life. He could not get that eternal life because he wasn't willing to pay the price. It was too high a sacrifice. See, he loved his wealth. Last week we talked that to come to God, you have to come as a child. You have to humble yourself. I'm going to ask you to pray for me a little bit later this afternoon. I'm going to go talk to a a gentleman who uh, has cancer. Um, his sons asked me if I would uh, go and talk to him, and I am going to do that. There are some young men that formed a relationship through young life and uh, really care for these guys, and I care for their father. And uh, they want me to go talk to him about eternal life. So please be praying for me, and I'm going to explain to him, like we explained last week, that eternal life comes when we come as a child child has nothing to offer they're just them and they believe they'll understand God they'll understand sin they can understand that 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 Jesus paid it all Jesus died on a cross and rose again and he took away the sin and if we receive him our sin is washed away this rich wrong man could not get to that place of humility to admit that he was not perfect. You see, he kept all the law very superficially. So it comes down, and this young man is walking away troubled. And it says that Jesus loves him. Jesus loved him, and he does. Jesus loves every sinner. He loves every saint. He does. He doesn't love the sin. He doesn't love the saint's sins or the sinner's sins. He doesn't love sin, but he loves the sinner. He loves the person. These directions about giving up things can apply to every one of us as disciples, as following him. There may be something in our life that we need to set aside. So where do we put our trust? Look at Mark 24, 1024. And the disciples were astonished at his words, but Jesus answered again and saith unto them, children, how hard is it for them that trust in riches to enter into the kingdom of God? It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of God. And they were astonished out of measure, saying among themselves, who then can be saved? And Jesus, looking upon them, saith, with men it is impossible, but not with God, for with God all things are possible. Where are we going to put our trust? Now, it's impossible for a camel to go through the eye of a needle. And I'm going to explain some things to you this morning because you may have heard some false things in the past. You may have heard that there's there was a gate that the camels had to squitch in and go through in Jerusalem. That's not true. You may have heard all sorts of things. Let me tell you what the, 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 the reality of this is. The Persians expressed impossibility by saying it would be easier to put an elephant through the eye of a needle. This was a Jewish colloquiary adapted of that expression. It says the, the largest animal in Palestine was a camel. And it's impossible for a camel to go through the eye of the needle. It's just that, it's a saying. It's not some, we can over-spiritualize, and I know I've heard pastors, and you've probably heard a pastor tell you about that gate. It's not a gate. This is just an expression. You see, we over-spiritualize Jesus sometimes. He's just like us. He had a sense of humor. He used He spoke and communicated with people in ways they could communicate. I hate that all the pictures that we see, all the things that we see, Jesus is so solemn and, oh, he was was real. He, He laughed. He cried. And this is just a saying. And he is explaining to them that, man, it's impossible It's impossible, and this is a saying. So then, well, then who can be saved? Who can be saved? Well, Jesus just fixes everything right up. He says, "Look, look, it's impossible with man, but with God, all things are possible. All things are possible." So listen: Are you putting your trust in Jesus? Or are you putting your trust in your riches? Are you putting your trust in Jesus? Or are you putting your trust in riches? You know, money is an incredible thing. It's a great servant to us. But it's a terrible master. How many people have, after you've worked for years and years, and you've given everything you can to your work, your work time has ended and you look back and the very most important things in your life your family, your children, your grandchildren have been neglected because you were after money. Let me warn you, the pursuit of money. Hey, look, I like money. I love it when my wife lets me have some to go spend. It's funny, but if I let her keep the money because I like to spend what it's for, right? If you get it, you got to get rid of it. If money possesses you, beware. It, there's nothing wrong with having good things and being blessed, and I'm not saying that at all. But if that's what you live for, you can lose the things that money can't buy. You see, the deceitfulness of, of riches has choked the soil of this young man's heart And if we're not careful, it can choke that good seed that was planted in us. What are you trusting in? And then we see the promise of reward. Look at verse 28. Peter's picking this up pretty good. He's he's, hanging, he's listening to this, and he goes, Then Peter began to say unto him, Lord, we have left all and have followed thee. And Jesus answered and said, Verily, truly, I say unto you, There is no man that hath left house or brethren or sisters or father or mother or wife or children or lands for my sake and the gospels, but he shall receive a hundredfold now in this time, houses and brethren and sisters and mothers and children and lands with with persecutions and in the world to come eternal life. But many that are first shall be last and the last first. Jesus' says, uh, disciples were, were not super wealthy people. Some of them had a little bit of wealth, the, the tax collectors, and, and it sounded like Peter may have been pretty successful as a fisherman, may have had a little bit more, but they abandoned everything they knew to follow Jesus. And their reward would be found in, in believers sharing possessions as a family in this world and receiving the life of of the kingdom and the world to come you know most Jewish people understood that the day of judgment would would turn things upside down and 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 people who were last will be first and first will be last and we are seeing all of these things come together here in Jesus's teaching and and there's great great reward Matthew chapter 20 verses 1 through 16 gives a parable or a story of a householder and he goes out and he hires people in the morning to work for the day and then in another time and another time and, and then at the end of the day they all get the same wage and the ones at the beginning were grumbling because they got the same wage as the guys at the end. They agreed to everything. They got what they agreed to. The last shall be first, and the first shall be last. We see that. You see, the last will be first, the first last. In other words, everyone finishes in a dead heat. No matter how long each of us workers worked, they all received a full day's wage. Similarly, that thief on the cross, he's going to enjoy the full blessings of heaven alongside those who have labored their whole lives for Christ. That's the grace of God. That person who had a deathbed comes to know Christ, gets eternal life, just like someone who who received Christ as a child. There'll be different rewards, but they get the same great reward, eternal life. Okay, so what is the lesson in all of this? Where is the application? This is the application. We, every believer, must follow Jesus. Take up your cross and follow me. And we can do that very simply. Well, maybe not so simply. We'll see. First thing, if we're going to follow Christ, we're going to follow Jesus, we have to know and understand that God is good. God is good. He's good all the time. God is good. And Jesus said unto him, Why callest thou me good? There is none good but one. That is God. Mark 10, 27, And Jesus looking upon them, say, With men it is impossible, but with God, not with God, for with God all things are possible. See, he's good. Numbers 23, 19, God is not a man that he should lie, neither the son of man that he should repent. Hath he said, and shall he not do it? Or hath he spoken it, and shall shall he not make it good? God is good. He is good all the time. He is always good. That's his character. James 1.17, every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, and cometh down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. Everything we have, every gift we have, comes from God who is good. Romans eight twenty eight, And we know that all things work together for good to them who love God, to them who are called according to His purpose. You see, our view of God defines how we live our lives. If we understand that He is good, even through the difficulties of life, that he will turn that to good. That he will work it in our lives to being good. If we are always under, uh, not under the delusion that he may try to squish us for every little thing we do, because he doesn't do that. If we hold fast to the fact that he is good and he wants to give every good thing to us, it makes following Jesus a whole lot easier makes following Jesus natural because Jesus is God and God is good. Listen, I know that some of you think and have this mindset of God sitting up there and he's looking down and he's waiting for you to take one little step out of bounds and then he's going to step on you. You chuckle, but some of you know exactly what I'm saying some little thing happens and God's going to punish you for it because you ran over a squirrel on the way to church this morning. Look, God is not there to put the thumb on you all the time. He is good. He wants you to have an incredible life, an abundant life. By the way, that abundant doesn't mean you're going to be super rich. It means that we can have a joyful, fulfilling life. You see, because a believer is not under uh, under bondage, we're under grace. All of our sins been forgiven. Yeah, all that stuff in the past, all that stuff that's happening right now. I don't believe what he's saying, and all that stuff is going to happen a little bit later. And it's forgiven. It's under the blood of Jesus Christ. You will never have to answer for that sin again. Jesus did that for you. What's what that cross represents out there, that one with the holes in it, where they nailed that blood, they nailed his, his hands and they nailed his feet and his blood came out. That blood covered your sin, covered my sin. If you have trusted Christ as your Savior, you are forgiven. He's not out there to mess you up. Now let me tell you one thing though, there are consequences for our actions. Okay, that's just natural. Don't blame God trying to beat you up if you have done something silly. That's just the natural consequences. I'm not I have not eaten well as you can tell for a long time. Because of that, I've got issues. And because I haven't Adjusted that, the issues get more. So I've got to really uh, adjust now or suffer more consequences of that. You see, I don't blame God for that. I blame me when I eat that cheesecake or carrot cake or rice and beans or potato chips or any of those things that boost sugar up I need to stay away from. My choice, right? God please break my jaw so I can't eat and just drink stuff. I don't. no don't be honest with ourselves. God is very good and we can make choice you know he's not there to smash us but we make choices and naturally we have consequences for those choices at times. Don't blame God on on, on the things that you set in motion I love students pray for me pray for me man I, I got to get some good grades and I'm, I'm way behind have you been doing your homework well no have you been doing it? I'm going to pray that you get the grade you deserve <laughs> so that you can adjust and be more yeah look we need to understand and our view of God needs to 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 hold fast to the fact that he is good that allows us to follow Jesus with great joy. Second thing is trust God to do the impossible. And Jesus looking upon them saith, With men it is impossible, but with God, but not with God, for with God all things are possible. Matthew seventeen twenty. and Jesus said to them, Because of your unbelief, for verily I say unto you, if you have faith as a grain of a mustard seed, you shall say unto this mountain, Remove hence to yonder place and it shall remove and nothing shall be impossible unto you because of our faith in God. Matthew 19 26 but Jesus beheld them and said unto them with men this is impossible but with God all things are possible. One of the greatest places we see this is in Luke chapter one the angel is talking to Mary saying you're going to have a child. Who was called barren? For with God nothing shall be impossible. God did the impossible from Genesis on. Y'all remember how old Sarah was when she had her child Isaac? Ninety years old. She had ceased, what's it called, ceased being as a woman, or how are that? She had gone through menopause. Wasn't going to happen anymore. In fact, when she heard about it the first time, she laughed. God said, you just keep laughing. 90 years old, she has a child. She names him Isaac, and Isaac means laughter. Don't say I'm not going to and God can't do this. He might just surprise you. One of y'all may end up having another child. On <laughs> No, let's not go there. We don't want it to happen. I don't want another child. I'll just hang on to the grandchildren. Let me tell you the greatest miracle, one of the greatest miracles. And when the Sabbath was passed, Mary Magdalene and Mary the mother of James and Salome had bought sweet spices that they may come and anoint him. And very early in the morning, the first day of the week, they came unto the sepulcher At the rising of the sun. And they said among themselves, Who shall roll away the stone from the door of the sepulchre? And when they looked, they saw that the stone was rolled away, for it was very great. And entering into the sepulchre, they saw a young man sitting on the right side, clothed in a long white garment. And they were affrighted. And he saith unto them, Be not affrighted, ye seek Jesus of Nazareth, which was crucified. He is risen. He is not here. Behold the place where they laid him. But go your way. Tell his disciples and Peter that goeth before you into Galilee. There shall ye see him as he said unto you. And they went out quickly and fled from the sepulcher. For they trembled and were amazed. Neither said they anything to any man for they were afraid. The empty tomb. The impossible, being raised from the dead, is possible with God. And because Jesus died on that cross, because God did the impossible, raised him from the dead, the impossible happens here. Sinners who deserve wrath, who deserve God's wrath poured out upon them, sinners who who are separated from God can be made right to a holy God and have eternal life. That brings us to the rewards. You see, we can rest in his eternal reward. It's easy to follow Jesus when you know you have an eternal reward. It's easy to follow Jesus when you know he can do the impossible. It's easy to follow Jesus when you know that God is good. Verse 28 to 31, and Then Peter began to say, Lo, we have left all and followed thee. And Jesus answered and said, Verily I say unto you, there is no man that hath left house or brethren or sisters or father or mother or wife or children or lands for my sake and the gospels. But he shall receive a hundredfold now in this time houses and brethren and sisters and mothers and children and lands with persecutions and in the world to come eternal life. But many that are First shall be last, and the last first. We're going to have great rewards here on earth. Great rewards here on earth. I think about Ed Gibson. Serving God, teaching people, loving on people, being a pastor, His people being obedient to the scriptures and going out had an effect on me, planted some seeds in my life. Eventually, I got saved. Him, again, speaking to a bunch of college students, not understanding really the impact that God would use, put me in a place to serve in a military ministry where I saw many young men and women come to know Christ. also didn't know that that guy that was being witnessed to and seeds planted would end up pastoring a church and would end up serving him and lots of people have come to know Christ and have been discipled because he taught people to come and lots of people who I've had an opportunity to be somewhat of influence on have gone and done bigger and greater things and 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 heaven will only tell the story of who all has been influenced by something that i said or something that you have said and the reward is a tremendous we see some of it now i've seen young men and young women turn their lives over to christ and being used all over the world I've seen people share their homes with us, share their time with us, share their love with us. Nothing better than that. I've seen people in this church invest in my children, spend time with them, love on them, and change their lives. You see, There's a lot of rewards that we get right here. But one step above that, we have the reward of eternal life. And in heaven, we are going to be rewarded. This Bible tells us there's a crown of life. There's an incorruptible crown. There's a crown of righteousness. There's a crown of glory. There's a crown of rejoicing. And as we are awarded these crowns for the things that we have done, he We will be able to cast them at his feet for he is the one who is worthy. He is the one who deserves all worship, all honor, and all glory. And We get to be rewarded by being in his presence forever. Knowing that, when those days are tough, and I had a few tough days this week, some of y'all, my, they were here Friday, and they knew that I was n- not a happy guy. I was about two steps from being um, losing all of my testimony. <laughs> Had some issues with some delivery. Tried to buy a washer and dryer from one company. It was a disaster. I, I told them to give me my money back. I went to another company, got the stuff, and put it in myself, and No problems. But I had had it to hear. I didn't want to lose it. God showed me through that. Look, I'm in control. You stop. I'll follow Jesus. Love that song. I've decided to follow Jesus because God's good. Nothing is impossible with him. And the rewards, they're incredible. I can just rest in the fact that there are rewards coming my way. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for you being so good, for you being and doing the impossible. Lord, help us not to trust in riches and the things that we have or the things that we think we need to get. Help us to trust in you. Help us to be generous with our time and with our gifts, our our talents that you've given us and with the treasure that you've given us. That others may know you and get in on this incredible life that comes by following you, by resting in your reward, by watching you do the impossible, knowing always that you were good. Pray if there's one here this morning who doesn't know you as Savior, Lord, that they will, as a child, reach out in faith, admitting they need a Savior, and trusting in you for the forgiveness of sins and for eternal life. Pray, Father, for us who know you, that through those difficult times, those persecutions, those hard things that we can trust that you are going to work them to good. and Lord that you are always good. Thank you. we praise you in Jesus name.